Hello and welcome to the Collective Wisdom Podcast, the podcast that explores how to be a wiser version of yourself. This is a podcast that helps you to tap into your own inner wisdom and find the answers within you for how to live your best life. I'm your host, Kat Preston. I'm a certified life coach and I help people to turn down the noise in their heads and tune into the wisdom in their hearts. Every week I'll be asking my guests to tell their stories about what they've learned along the way and share some of their wisdom with us. I'm so thrilled you can join us. Hey there, my wise friends, and a warm welcome to season seven of Collective Wisdom. With me this week, I have my friend Stacey Richards, who as well as having a 20-year career in sales, now has a coaching practice where she leans into her passion for helping young professionals develop the real skills that they'll need to build a happy and fulfilling career. Skills like empathy, resilience, active listening, and building and maintaining relationships that are so key to engagement and success in the workplace. We're entering a world of work that in many ways has undergone complete transformation over the past few years. Many organizations are blindly trying to work out how to be profitable, but at the same time, diverse, inclusive, and equitable. So this episode is for anyone who is currently about to graduate, or perhaps their parents who are supporting children as they go out into the world of work. I know that certainly includes me, and I'm so grateful to Stacey for joining me to share her wisdom. I could definitely have stayed and chatted for a lot longer. So today I'm joined by my lovely friend, Stacey Richards. Stacey started her career as a professional litigator and then went on to spend over 20 years in sales leadership roles. But the common thread throughout her career is that she has been recognized for her passion and commitment to coaching and mentoring, something I witnessed firsthand when our paths crossed as coaches on Seth Godin's Alt MBA program. In 2020, Stacey founded Oyster Reef Coaching, named after her philosophy that the world is your oyster, where she gets to bring together her career experiences and coaching insights to benefit recent college grads and young professionals as they navigate their early careers. Through her practice method, she helps them to be confident, prepared, and ready to demonstrate the real skills that employers need today and to make a positive impact in a career they love. Or as she puts it herself, I coach and inspire driven young professionals to exude confidence, seize opportunities, and succeed in a wildly fulfilling career. The stuff that perhaps they don't get taught at school or university. So Stacey, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you, Kat. It's so wonderful to have this opportunity to reconnect with you and just catch up and chat. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, this is quite a self-serving podcast, and I'm a mother who has one one son just about to graduate, another one coming through the pipeline. And I know that you have that too. You know, you have two college students. So you really hit that sweet spot between the parents and the stress and wanting to launch kids successfully into their careers and out into the world and the sort of business leader who's hired so many people over the years and knows from the inside what businesses are looking for. So talk to me a little bit about what it was that you saw and what caused you to found Oyster Oyster Reef Coaching. 
Yeah, absolutely. Happy to share the story. So it's true. I started as a litigator and, and was relatively miserable. Um, I <laughs> loved the law. I still love the law. I still love legal theory and um, the uh, discipline of thinking that the, that um, a legal education teaches you. But in practice, it was just kind of a poisonous place to be in my mind in my young 20s. And, and when I started having my, my kids, when I was pregnant with my first, I was litigating and I thought I was, I was working for an all-female firm, which was wonderful. They were wonderful. But, um, and they, you know, were, were asking me if, they, if I wanted to set up a nursery in the office and, you know, just all the wonderful things that the female leaders think about. But I knew that I wasn't happy in the work um, and that that was going to be really important. It was going to be hard to leave a child and know that I was going to a job I didn't like, right? So I knew I had to be doing something and um, ended up with a company called Thomson Reuters, which is global. So people in all countries have probably heard of Thomson Reuters and, um, you know, ended up in a sales role, which I actually loved and, and sort of thrived in and ended up for close to 15 years with this company and, and really enjoyed it. And, you know, sort of uh, positions with, you know, successive degrees of responsibility and really felt challenged. And so it was a wonderful career for me. Um, and a wonderful founding in, in sales, which I am good at. And I find um, the skills that you learn in, as a sales professional apply in so many areas of life, right? And so um, what, what I enjoyed the most, though, as I, as I moved through my career was hiring young people and helping them realize their own potential and helping them see things about themselves and really just being a safe place for them to uh, you know, talk about the things they were afraid about and talk about the things that were challenging them and then helping them to flip those things and see them as challenges that they could overcome and feel really good about and, and helping them see the tools that they had that I recognized that were gonna help them get through those challenging times. So um, the all-time VA was actually the first time that I really sort of formalized that and thought I'm gonna branch out and do something a little bit different wow. um, to, tap into this desire to have conversations with younger people that helped them think about um, their own capacity to make the world a better place, starting in the workforce, right? And so when COVID hit, I was working for um, my last sort of formal corporate role at that point and thought, what do I really want to do? My kids, my youngest is about to go off to college. We're doing this whole empty nester thing. I might as well flip the script on my career at the same time and think about starting my own business. So I started Oyster Reef Coaching, which has really, you know, it's been a short journey, but it's been, there's so much packed into that short journey too, in terms of, um, you know, what it has looked like and where it is today. But uh, Oyster Reef is really about the idea that, you know, young people have so much potential and they have so much capacity to make a difference and create a new kind of thriving workplace for the future and be the leaders of that workforce. And I want to help as many of them as I can um, see that capability within themselves and set themselves up for a career that's really going to be meaningful to them and that allows them to make use of their best gifts. 
And that is so inspiring. If I could just say congratulations, because oh, what a great business, you know, mentoring young leaders, really supporting them. Because I think when you first go out into the workforce, you don't have that self-belief. You know, that comes right. maybe with time, if you're lucky and you get some good mentoring and coaching along the way, but not everybody has that. So no. how, how, do, how, how do you start? What, you know, what is the practice method? How do you get into it? How do you bring that to the fore for people? Yeah, I really try to, you know, and, and, and I, I mentioned that the, the practice has evolved. You know, I will always be passionate about helping the, the people who are starting on this path of their career, right? I mean, that's going to be something I do until, you know, I breathe my last breath, just because there's, I get so much fulfillment out of it and so much joy out of talking to these young people. I, you know, with my own kids of course they don't want, want my advice but <laughs> <laughs> that's half the battle i think as parents you know you're always trying to go and it's so nice yeah. to be able to say well or you could just check out this website over here and just just see put it into them which is why i love what you're doing no, my daughter. So since I founded Oyster Reef, you know, I said time moves so fast, but my daughter actually graduated from college last May. So she's about to, to she's about to start her second job. And, you know, kind of apropos of what we've been, you know, talking about and, and how different um, the, the workforce is for young people today. But, you know, my it, it's a it's a really good job with a lot of potential. And my husband said to me, you know, she needs your coaching. <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> Yes, there's that, but I don't know that, that we can actually, you know, frame it up that way with her that I, yeah. you know, because as you mentioned, the real, the real skills are sort of after much thinking, I boiled it down to look, what do I think based on my own experience as somebody who, you know, kind of, I came at it from three angles, right? I thought back to my own experience and my own pain points. Like I went through some really awkward times at the start of my career, right? Like I mentioned, you know, investing in law school and spending two years practicing and then deciding this isn't what I want to do at all. And that's sort of the, the angst around that. And, you know, and then, so there was that perspective. There's the perspective of watching my own two young adult children go through this phase of life right now and, you know, trying my best to help them as a, as an objective voice as much as I could be. And then there's the um, frame of being somebody who uh, hired, did a lot of hiring and promoting of young people, right. And see, Seeing the things that that they went through, so I really thought hard about what are the skills that you just don't naturally come into the workforce with. What are those human skills that we don't teach in higher education in any country? Right, we just don't. Um, we focus on the practical things. I mean, let's face it, higher ed is designed for the industrial revolution type of workforce, right? Like for clocking in and clocking out and here the or technical it's, or it's vocational, like you say, the law, you know, you, you learn the law, but then it's not how to then get yourself into a career and, and, and really exactly. navigate all exactly. of that stuff. And, you know, I mean, academia is, is always <laughs> lagging, right? So it's, it's painful watching academia slowly shift toward what the workforce needs now, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. what the world needs now. So, so, you know, they, these, these young people come out into the world and, and organizations expect them to be naturally good at these things. And um, some of them are right. Some of them have really an, 
and adapt quickly and, and have the intuition to realize, oh yes, it's, you know, it's important for me to think about uh, listening when I'm having a conversation with my boss versus just talking to impress, right? Yeah. Um, and when I listen, that means I shouldn't be thinking about what it is that I'm going to say next. I should be really listening because that's going to make my answer better anyway, you know? So those skills that they don't even recognize are skills and have never been named to them, you know, those are the things that I really try to focus on. And the way that the business has morphed is that um, organizations realized um, the value in that type of coaching for their young employees. So that's sort of where I've shifted is to working for organizations to coach their early career leaders, their high potential early career leaders around some of these skills, because there is that gap, right? So, so that's kind of where I've shifted, but I utilize these these skills are fundamental and yet they're so underrated, I guess. They're so yeah. rarely talked about. And so I just think it's a it's a great opportunity wherever I can see it to have that conversation and to sort of awaken that recognition in young people that there are some things that they need to be thoughtful about as they march themselves into the workforce. And and they, you know, a lot of them do feel confident and they ask for things too quickly, right? Right. And they expect- right too quickly. And so how do you temper that? And how do you help them understand you need to be somebody who's a pleasure to work with as your manager, as your colleague, you know, as somebody who might work for you in the future, you need to be thinking about those interpersonal relationships because they're everything. So it's almost like a sort of a little sort of taster in, in just attitude, can do attitude, can get you a long way. You mentioned listening mm-hmm. skills, those, those things that we don't put our finger on, but why is it that that kid just, you just respond to so much more than that? Yeah. yeah. A couple others that I'll, that I'll mention that just, you know, are so important and come up over and over again are resilience, you know, like Mm. things will go wrong. You'll be embarrassed. You'll be told, you know, you'll be criticized. You know, you have to um, have that inner strength. You have to develop that inner strength to realize that's part of life. And um, how I'm showing my character is how I react to those situations, right? And how I persist despite the setback. So, you know, really talk about tapping into experiences that they've had in the past to realize they do have those resilient skills, um, you know, and um, they're prepared, but they have to, they have to respond correctly. They can't respond emotionally. Yeah. Wow. That's so insightful. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and empathy, um, you know, realize that, you know, and this is a conversation that I I do have with both of my kids where they are in life right now. My son is still in college, but, you know, he's looking for internships and things like that. And, you know, um, and with my daughter and her first job, you know, trying to, to, she'll, she'll come to me with a situation. Can you believe that my manager said this or that my asshole or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And just be able to step to, to have her slow down for a minute and think, why do you think they did that? What is it that might be going on? You know? And I, so I would try to point out to my daughter, the manager that you're complaining about, you know, is dealing with the same, you know, issues within that organization that you are at adult, at another level. So remember that, you know, remember they've got a manager just, and they've got other, other stresses going on. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So where might they be coming from? That's a really foundational skill course that we focused on in the Alt MBA and that I that I really that really resonated with me as something that is important for young people to think about as they enter the workforce. That it's perhaps not so personal when when things are going wrong or or people are snappy or yeah they just need something yes. done yesterday or yes. wow. wow. Yeah. And yeah. then you know 
you talked about you were saying you were part of a, a book a collaborative book project um which is it's a brilliant book actually written by female business leaders some very impressive stories it's called the conscious way and i loved your story in it of remembering an interview that went badly wrong you know it was like a moment where somebody asked you for a specific way that you organize yourself and you didn't quite have the answers. So do you do you really go into the, the granular around, you know, I think one of the hardest questions or the, or the hardest observations for people when they're going to, to an interview is, well, just be yourself. Yes. And that's yes. kind of like when you're in your 20s, what does that even mean? You know, I know. You don't even know who they are. It's, yes. that, it's yes. that old joke of if they knew who I was, they definitely wouldn't give me the job. You know, it's like, so, so do, you, do you dig into that? I, absolutely, because that's where these young people go, right? They, I try to set the framework in their own purview, right? I mean, they don't, they're not wanting to have a deep conversation with me about empathy. They just want to get a job, right? They want to present, yeah, they want to do yeah. well in the interview. They want to make the right choice, whatever, you know, situation it is that they come to me with. And so absolutely, you know, and what I do is I just try to thread those skills into helping them determine a way to um, answer those hard questions, right? Mm. Um, I try to prepare them in a way that subtly is demonstrating, you know, it's drawing out those skills that they have within themselves, right? Because I want them to, to, to so let's say, for example, that um, an interview is, you know, there's going to be a tough interview question about the way you handled a situation where somebody confronted you or, you know, where things were at very adversarial, something along those lines. You know, I try, I talk about empathy in a very gentle way, trying to talk to them about a situation in their past that this reminds them of and how did you deal with it? And as you look back on it, how might you have done things differently? So I try to get them to see, oh yeah, I have the capacity to be very sort of mature about that type of situation. And yep, I can answer that in my own way. Right. Yeah. So that's where it yeah. comes to being yourself. I try to connect their own, their own lived experiences, even at a young age, you know, they've lived through plenty, right. Especially yeah, yeah, in the yeah. pandemic, oh, absolutely. for goodness sake, yeah. you know, um, and, um, and then help them tell their own stories, demonstrating those skills without even really knowing they're doing it. So it's that real sort of authenticity, which is, I think, when people say "just be yourself," <laughs> is is what people are looking for. But it's really hard as a, as a generalization. I, I tell those kids to take for exactly the reasons you say. So you need to give them some. Um, you need to help them build a foundation by supporting them and drawing out um, the things about themselves that are um, valuable and unique and special and will be of value to the organization that's interviewing them. And then um, and then they start. Start to, and they, they, you know, it is like I said, it's building a foundation. They start to to, to realize what their own story is and how they're going to tell it in the future. Yeah, that is. I mean, I think I think that is a course that every university should have. It's just yes. making those connections with, oh, these are the things I've done that are relevant. You know, even if it's I've had a job stacking milk in a supermarket, you know, but I've worked under a manager. I've had to show up on time. I've I've got the sort of the core set of of. Um, helping customers for example you know an example where you might have helped somebody out when when it was above and beyond the call of duty or all of those yes. things yeah that, that's yes. so relevant so relevant yes. and 
backing it up a bit, you know, do, do you therefore, because it just struck me that there's a lot of kids who come out of university and they maybe have a, a generalist, an English degree, for example, or a, you know, mm -hmm. a geography degree, speaking very personally <laughs> for my son, and they don't really know where they want to go next. Do you yeah. help with that? I do. I don't think of that as my specialty, you know, in terms of what is the right path for you, right? I think there are people out there who are really good at using um, instruments, um, assessment tools to figure out where your capabilities, you know, sort of direct you in that way. And I, I don't get into that area, but I do talk with, in fact, I've worked for a year now with a gentleman who has been practicing law for a few years. He's still in his, you know, he's still in his 20s, but he's making a major life change. He's leaving the law. And, right. you know, and I really, and it's, it's, literally been a year that I've working that I'm working with him to help him not not figure out what it is he's going to do he works he does that work himself you know I, I sort of ask questions to get him there but um, it's really about it's okay right it's okay that you're doing this you know this is something that you and I were talking about before you know earlier before we started recording that you know these kids are straddling a major major change in the workforce I mean like you know history books will talk about these years as being hope swinging a pendulum in the direction of work workforce being having top of mind employee um, health safety and not not safety in the physical sense of working in a factory but mental health safety right and be having safe places to work that are inclusive and that are mindful of what human beings need and are supportive of those employees and oftentimes that doesn't involve working for the same company for 30 years you know which is what when i graduated you know our parents that's what they pushed us toward. That's what they did. You know, you, your success was defined by, hey, you know, my father worked for the same company for 37 years, you know, and then yeah. and then retired. So, you know, it's it's really um, it's about helping those without putting that pressure on them. Right. Helping young people understand the changes that are going on and how they should feel comfortable uh, with their role in that transition. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's interesting because, you know, I was going to come on to the story of a challenge and, and, and we figured out that the thing that you can talk most wisely to is really that challenge of where the, the, the kind of conventional career path is now being met with a very wide open um, alternative, if you like, you know, there's no longer that tried and tested method into a company that then will be a job for life so right. what do you see as being the biggest challenges for for kids who are graduating now you know yeah, i think navigating you know it? in the short term there's lots of positive talk about um, labor shortages, right? So that's giving, I think, some somewhat of a false impression about the ease of getting your entry level job, mm. right? Entry level jobs are still tremendously hard to come by. You know, I watch my own um, daughter, you know, and her experience. Now, you know, it's funny. You know, you talked about your what was the geography was your <laughs> what was your area of classic. <laughs> So my daughter, who graduated in, in 2021, in May of 2021, came out with a double major in um, environmental science and psychology. And she worked in social work for a year, thinking she was going to get her uh, master's in social work uh, and become a psychologist. And she's already changed. She's already going into a sales role for a health insurance company a year later because, number one, you know, it's the... <laughs> 
mental health is a tremendously hard field to be working in right now, especially when you're young and you don't have good leadership. And number two, the pay is very challenging, you know, when, especially she lives in Boston and, you know, so she's making a big change like that, you know? So I think the challenge is to help them understand Number one, um, it's going to be a bumpy road, right? In, yeah. uh, despite what the news report, you know, what the news is saying about, oh, the labor shortage and, you know, you know you're not going to be in high demand. You're going to have to go through, you know, a gauntlet of, of interviews and rejections and, you know, unless you're lucky, but, you know, even the best, that's just, that's just part of the process. And you have to think about that as building your resilience, right? You have to think about it that way. You have to just get right back off, but get right back up, brush yourself off and keep going. And that's building skills that you need for a lifetime. Right. And the other biggest challenge I think is they're entering this workforce that is honestly, organizations are blindly trying to figure out what it looks like to be a high performing organization from a financial perspective that also accommodates the needs of employees and, you know, and is diverse and inclusive and equitable. And they've got lots of challenges that they're trying to balance. And, you know, good leadership is the key to getting them through that. And so on the one hand, that's a big challenge because you're going, these, these young people are finding organizations in various stages of this transformation and evolution, right? And they're going to see contradictions and they're going to see, you know, policies that just don't work and unhappy managers. And, you know, they're going to deal with all of it, just like, just like all of us have along the way. So, you know, they're, they're coming in, in the midst of, this great upheaval. And yet that gives them a huge opportunity, right? Because they can be, as Seth Godin would say, the linchpins, they can right yeah. in the, right from the get-go show, Hey, I've got some drive and initiative here to help. Right. And yeah. to step in and use my skills. So, um, you know, I try to, I try to, you know, that linchpin book is that is something I recommend a lot to, to young people is we'll you definitely know. put a link to that in the show notes. That's great advice. So that's something I'm going to point my kids in that direction. Obviously, yeah. they never take advice from their parents, but maybe <laughs> maybe they'll read the odd book. But I think what, what I'm hearing you say is, you know, it's those real skills are the skills of leadership without being arrogant and stepping on toes. You know, that's that's the sort of navigation, isn't it? It's, it's but it's about yeah. saying, where can I see opportunities to step up? Where can I see opportunities to go above and beyond maybe the sort of the contractual remit? And that is what leading and, and take responsibility as well. I think that's the other thing. It's um, not to say, well, that's not my job or you know, I, I am only here nine to five, Monday to Friday. That kind of thing is, I think, I think one of the keys to just making yourself invaluable within an organization. Yeah. Yeah. I think another big challenge, and I think we hear it a lot as parents too, for these young people who are starting jobs that are remote and yeah, how yeah, we yeah. huge not, you know we had no idea um that that was coming so how do we look back on our own experiences and our own um way of you know uh integrating into an organization i mean the things that we think about that we did all involved being in person and so how do we tell our you know our our kids who are starting with a you know, starting a career knowing people only virtually how do we help them connect and go above and beyond how do you recognize mm -hmm. those opportunities mm -hmm. when you're only in a virtual environment right so that's a big challenge for them too that i think thankfully a lot of organizations are recognizing has been hard over the past couple of years for young people and 
are trying to give opportunities for those people now that it's a safer relatively safer, you know, from a health perspective environment to come back into the office on occasion to have those in-person contact situations so that they can, you know, continue to network and grow. Yeah. And so that, that word network, I mean, I love it because again, that's a word that everybody is, it's filled with, oh, networking. I don't really like it, but you know, I had a great mentor in my life who said, your network is your net worth and building relationships sounds like this is also so integral to, to your kind of coaching, how you approach things. How do you go about, yeah, when you, when you first start out and you feel like you've got zero network? Yeah, you have to, um, you know, one of the um, skills that I talk about is, you know, that sort of curiosity, lifelong learning attitude. You have to be curious, you know, you can't, you can't get to a point, and this is true for anybody, right? You can't get to a point where you say, I know it all. I know all that I want to know. I'm not, um, I have my opinions and they're not going to change. I mean, that's just devastating, right? You don't ever want to get to that place. So especially for young people, be curious, be curious about other parts of the organization. Um, you know, when you, uh, let's say you attend a, um, you know, and I'll, I'll stick with the limitations of, of virtual work, right? Let's say you attend some sort of learning session within your organization and you think, oh, that speaker was really interesting and, and she's in another part of the company. I'm going to reach out to her and just ask her to do a, a virtual coffee chat. You know, I'd love yeah. to learn more about your part of the organization, right? Plant seeds by being curious and by having conversations. Um, it's it's absolutely necessary. And that's where you start to form your network, right? Yeah. It's, um, you know, and when an adult offered adult, I say. They're adults, of course. But when somebody, you know, who is trying to help you offers to introduce you to somebody, take them up on that offer, right? Even though it's a little weird and squeamish, you know, take them up on the offer. Are you listening, boys? I'm just hoping if they do, they don't listen to every episode. They don't listen to many of these episodes. I'm like, boys, are you getting notes here? (laughs) The worst thing that happens is you have a 10 minute conversation that you thought was relatively dull. Okay. So that was 10 minutes. But what if there's, you know, there's a whole myriad of possibilities about what could, what if that person says, you know, I'd like to introduce you to so-and-so. And what if that person is, is somebody who you hit it off with and becomes a reference for you later, you know, for another job. I mean, there's just countless possibilities. You have to be open to it. You have to get uncomfortable. Yeah. You have to be okay with being, you know, uncomfortable. And because the more you are, the less uncomfortable you will be. And, and that leading with curiosity, that's another, that's another great um, leadership skill. So getting comfortable with the discomfort of doing things yes. for the first time, perhaps, and, and things that are outside of your comfort zone. But yeah, using curiosity as a, as a guideline. God, this is just such gold, right, boys? I hope you're getting this. Um, <laughs> So, so you, just, you said it at the beginning that you said, you know, if somebody does something good for you, because this teases up so well for kindness, kindness within organizations. And I think that this is also another, it's going to be a key factor that if you actually, again, another great mentor of mine said to lead is to thank. And mm-hmm. I know at the beginning of my career, I often forgot to acknowledge or thank people who See, it's not necessarily that they'd gone out of their way, but when you see something, yeah, if you start that process by sending them a note to say thank you, yes. oh my God, what a difference it makes. You know, that oh opened doors for me. Every, 
I might, I can't tell you how many times I've said to my daughter, send a, a real live thank you card, not an email. And she rolls her eyes and I say, I am telling you, I've received them and I can tell you who sent them to me because I likely hired them. <laughs> right? That is so impressive. Oh my God. Okay. So we've got to the juicy bit in the middle. Just send real live notes guys. Cause again, it's so easy to send a WhatsApp, but that gets lost in, in the ether yeah. in a way. But it yeah, it's yeah. not as personal. I mean, when I would come into the office and have personal cards in my mail slot, you know, it was like, oh my gosh. And of course, then I had to teach my kids how to address an envelope and put a stamp on in order to do that. <laughs> I knew it was that simple. But this is so priceless, Stacey, because it reminds me, Robin Kramer, who was a gorgeous mentor of mine when I was building a jewelry business, she was uh -huh. head of sales for Gap and Old Navy. And I mean, she she could literally sell Christmas to turkeys. She was just so good at it. And she had us all, don't just send an email asking if you wanted to get a contract for wholesale, do not uh -huh. just send an email, you know, definitely uh -huh. approach people, find a good time to get them on the phone, pick up the phone, which is always, again, yes. getting out of your discomfort yes. zone. Because for a lot of people that's like, oh, I just sent an email. And funnily enough, they didn't answer it. But then she would say, and this is such great sales advice, when you do have those contracts, nurture them. And so, yes, yeah, sending thank you notes, being appreciative that them buying something from you, that's a great mm -hmm. gift. That is something mm -hmm. you need to be saying thank yes. you for. Go above and beyond, you know, have, you know, in my coaching practice, if somebody reaches out and says, I just, I need 15 minutes. I just have a quick, quick question. Of course. And you're not going to get an invoice for that. Right. I want mm. it. I, I'm in partnership with you now. I want to help in any way that I can, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's those little things that, that go a long way with your, with getting back to your network and your relationships, because those people will speak highly to you in the future when you need them to. And you see, this is what I'm hearing from you is that you're just exuding all that sales training. The reason you were good at sales is because you're good at relationships is because you're yeah. good at empathy. You know, it all comes through. Yeah. And you know, it's funny that you say that because I think I have a little bit of imposter syndrome going on this morning because, you know, as you say that, I think, well, I, I am good at sales, but I'm not great at sales. So, you know, sometimes I make mistakes and I think that's actually an important part of my conversations with young people is to be able to say, oh, huh, let me tell you a story about a big mistake that I made because I think that you, that sometimes young people, you know, we drive them so hard to be perfect at, you know, to be, you know, the, the straight A student, to have the athletics, to have the volunteer work, to, you know, mm -hmm. we tell them about all these things they need to do when they're young to prepare for their, you know, college, you know, to getting to good colleges or, you know, or get a good job, whatever it is. And, and they, don't understand that being imperfect is um, expected if you're going to take risks, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. they're so afraid to take risks, like pick up a phone and talk to somebody versus emailing, as you mentioned, Kat, you know, it's, so I do try to weave in the stories of when I wasn't so good and I'm, I'm still, I still make mistakes and that's okay. I'm, you know, that's what I loved about the Alt MBA too, is the concept of practice. And that's why I, I emphasize that as my um, acronym in at Oyster Reef is it's practice. You're never going to be perfect at these things, but every day that you think about them and you try to put them into action, you're going to get better and better and you're going to make less mistakes when it comes to those things in terms of your interpersonal relationships.
Yeah, that's so good. And I think I think asking for when you know you've made a mistake, asking for help to rectify it, asking, you know, acknowledging it as opposed to just yes. burying it and pretending and yes. hoping nobody will notice yes. is is yes. part of that resilience thing. It's like, okay, I can see I might have just not got this quite right, but how can I be better next time? Is also something that it's hard to yeah. do. It's hard to do that. It is hard to do, but it's not as hard as you you make it out to be in your head before you actually do it, right? We build yeah. it up as going to be this awful moment. And then when we do it, number one, we feel relief, right? Yeah. I was just, I was just honest, right? There's a relief to that. And I just put myself out there as somebody who's willing to learn, right? And willing to change to make change where I need to make change. And so when young people see that in action, when they see somebody, when they see a leader modeling that, they're much more apt to take their own risks, make mistakes, admit to them and learn from them. Yeah. So I can, I can, I can just feel what an empathic boss you must have been when you when you were within the corporate space, just because there, there is a fine line, isn't there? There are times where you just need to go, no, no, you've been told three times, this is not how to do it. And I need to be uh -huh. a manager here. But also, okay, I can see where this has gone wrong. I can see why it might be sides to the story. Yeah, as a leader, you really have to be able to adapt to what you read about the best way to communicate with each individual, right, on your team. Mm -hmm. Some will love that and will thrive with that straightforward, nope, that, you know, do it this way instead. Okay, got it. You know, where others need a little massaging and that's okay, yeah, right? Yeah. And so and they all have their, they all have their unique capabilities and strengths that you can draw out by getting to that level with them. Yeah. And, and those, and again, it, it comes down to same with, same with sending notes. It's about communication, sitting yeah. down, having a conversation before you start an, a, a relationship. It's like, how do you, how do you want to be managed or how do you tend to, to uh, sitting down with your boss must be quite intimidating to say, how do you want me to run this thing? How, you know, getting those, those sort of parameters clear before yes, you start. Yes. Yeah, that's another thing that I really work on with young people is showing initiative and yet also uh, being willing to ask questions and admit when you need more information or don't know something, right? There is a balance there. And so, and that takes practice, right? And so helping them understand that they, that both are good, right? Yeah, Sometimes yeah. you need to step up and say, what if I did it this way? Would that work? Or how would I try this? You know, <laughs> and yet also say, oh, okay, got it. You know, I'll do it that oh, way. <laughs> Uh, you know, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's hard, you know, it's, um, and you have to be able to meet these young people where they are in their situations, you know, that it's very hard to, um, give them all the advice before they start a job or while they're looking for a job. Right. Because they're just, you know, it's kind of going over their heads, right. It, it they, they have to, you know, when they come into the situation as parents, then it's like, okay, yep. Let's talk about this particular situation and how we might. And of course, you know, Maybe it's just better to find somebody else to talk to them because then they'll actually listen versus yeah, <laughs> coming to yeah. their parents. But I but think yeah. that is why you're, you found this business has just taken off and been so successful is because you do hit that sweet spot between I've been in those roles. I've been in those tough corporate roles, seeing people come up through. I've been, I've been through the ranks myself. I've had mm -hmm. good leaders, good bosses, mediocre bosses, I'm sure. I've seen all that side of things. I've, I've had to hire people. I know exactly what we're looking for in those real skills, but I've also yeah. got that parental hat on. I've also, I, I know what it's like from the other side. I know what kids are like and how, you know, 
how they might be responding to things, which is yes. what makes yeah. you so good at what you do. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's 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 fun to have both. You know, uh, I have more stories from from different areas, so it, it does yeah. help. It does help yeah. to give me perspective for sure. And and you know, I'm just grateful that you know I talk with other moms who worked throughout their children's upbringing about the the pros and cons, you know, of being a, a mom working outside of the home. And you know, it is nice to now have some stories that you know I can they. they it's funny because they didn't care what we were doing outside the home, you know, when we were and 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 my great, you know, but they but you know, now they have a better appreciation of what it was I was doing when they were little, you know, because I can start to tell them stories that they have a better understanding for. So it's fun. And how have you found it being your own boss suddenly after, you know, years in corporate environment? Yeah. That must have been quite yeah. a challenge in itself. Yeah. That's an interesting update for you, Kat, on that front. So I'm actually merging my Oyster Reef coaching with another coaching business. That's, an executive, that's ex executive coaching business. So what we're doing is essentially taking what I do at Oyster Reef and adding it as a a service offering for, um, you know, for organizations that we do executive coaching for and team development and things like that. And now we'll have um, a curriculum essentially for their younger leaders. So, so to answer your question in entrepreneurial life was obviously not entirely comfortable for me. <laughs> I dabbled yeah. in it, but I really like, you know, and this is another one of those, you know, stories that I'll be able to talk about with young people is, you know, I learned more about myself. I tried something, I tried this entrepreneurial thing, and I would have kept going had this situation not arisen, but I really like being part of a team. Well, right? you know, and you, that's knowing your strengths, and that's what you do for people. Exactly. It's like one of your, I'm sure one of your core values is connection. I think that's what makes you such a great salesperson. I'm, I'm sure that's what's really sort of boosted you throughout your career. And it can be lonely being, being freelance, you know, it can be, it can, it can be, be, can be. And I've, I've really learned about myself that that collaboration and, you know, that one plus one equals three, mentality of working with a team and how I'll have ideas, somebody else will have ideas and all of a sudden we'll come up with, a, you know, another idea that's just even better than the, the ones that we had individually. I love that. And so that's, that's it makes the total, total sense to move. I mean, that's yeah. the scalability of it, isn't it? To go into organizations yeah, it where it's really needed. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there is, you know, there's a big part of it for me that I want to make as much impact as I can, right. With yeah. this work. So if I can scale it, wonderful. So you're just, again, being a really good role model. I mean, this is about 10Xing. This is about saying, okay, I can, I can work one-to-one -one with, with kids who've just graduated, or I can go into organizations and help 20 kids at the same time who have just got the jobs and are now ready to, to really exactly. start to run. Exactly. And as I said, you know, I'm in the point in my life where I can say, hey, you know what? I, I'm passionate about help, have, helping young people. So I will always have, you know, no matter what I'm doing, you know, where things evolve professionally, that's going to be something that I just do because I love it. Yeah. And I should stop calling them kids because, yeah, once they get to 21, they're not oh kids. The same thing. I correct myself all the time. I'm showing me. my age. <laughs> young professionals, that's what they are. <laughs> Even better, early career professionals. Absolutely. The masters. <laughs> yeah. The people who actually know what's going on around here because I've got no idea for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Well, we're just wrapping up and you know, I I know you know a little bit about the podcast. We have a we have a playlist and and it just brings it down to like a little bit of who you really are when I start yeah. to talk about music tastes and um did you have a song for me that you want to add to the playlist? I do not have a 
song for you. It's, um, I love that question. And I, <laughs> I want to go back and like, I want to see your collection. Are you building, you're building a playlist? You can, you can go into Shopify. I mean, no, Shopify is you build platform, you build web, website platforms. This is me going technical. Now you can go into Spotify and yeah, the Collective Wisdom podcast playlist. Okay. So here's what you're adding to the Collective Wisdom pod, uh, the Collective Wisdom uh, playlist is it's a song by Billy Joel. It's called Summer Highland Falls. Uh -huh. And uh, the reason that I love this song is that it instantly, and I'm sure other guests have talked about this too, because music has the capacity to just completely transport you to another place in time, right? I mean, That's you just hear it. two notes and you're there. And for me, that is college. I was, you know, we used to sit in our dorm room, the, my three girlfriends and I, and just belt out these songs at the top of our lungs, you know, sitting around with nothing better to do. Like, I don't know how we didn't appreciate that time where we had nothing to do in our lives, but except sit around and sing and eat popcorn and drink beer. <laughs> um, but yeah, that song, and it's funny, there's a show on TV right now uh, called This Is Us, which is a very popular show in the US. Uh, and um, they played that song on an episode uh, not too long ago. And I, I, it was like, oh, and my, the tears just started coming, you know, because it, yeah. it's a wonderful song. And it's an interesting song about the highs and lows of life. And how we, um, and, and this is something that, you know, it actually ties to the advice. So I'm going to answer two of your questions at once because. Perfect. So Billy Joel is going onto the playlist and then, yeah, that tees you up yeah. beautifully for your piece of wisdom. Yeah. So this, um, the advice, which my grandfather used to give me, and I never understood it as a child, but he used to say, stay 50 years from now, no one's going to know the difference. And it was a very simple way of saying something very elegant, which is what seems so heavy and important right now, you're not even going to remember, right? Mm. Um, and it's so relevant for young people because everything is felt very acutely at this stage of life. Everything feels so mm. important and so life-changing and so dramatic. And, you know, if you can start to have that perspective, and I think it comes with age, I really do, you know? Yeah. yeah. But at the same you know, time, you know, yeah. what you said right at the beginning about building resilience is all about not always reacting in a sort of deeply emotional way, especially in a work environment can can just help yes. you just, okay, and breathe and tomorrow will be another day and we can... Yes. Yes, yes. Do it all exactly again. right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that song has elements of that too, is, you know. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I can't wait to take a listen. Uh, we have no Billy Joel on the on the playlist. So that's fantastic. And I yeah, I just knew I mean, you, you are so knowledgeable about what you're doing. Um, you're in exactly the uh, given that you talk to people about leaning into their own personal strengths. I think that's exactly what you've been doing with the business. And then and as you say, then saying, Okay, I got the snowball rolling. And now I can put that into organizations and really make a difference and really have an impact. So I just want to say congratulations because I just think it's amazing. Thank you, Thank you so much. Anyone who's listening to this and either is a, a young professional, not a kid themselves, and <laughs> wants to go and find out more, that including the, the there's a really great new hire um, success kit, like a download for people who have just started in an organization. You know, here are some of the top tips that are just there for you to to peruse. Oyster Reef, Reef Coaching will be in the show notes. 
And then that book, The Conscious Way, which is also full of really just lovely little, it came out of the pandemic and all the sort of reminders of what we learned from that year. It's kind of taking some of the, what, what can otherwise be, see, be perceived as very negative um, time in our lives. How can we, yeah, take some of those learnings and, and really bring them into something more positive and reframe, which is-, which is Yeah, it's always, it's always, um and you know so helpful to me to hear other people's stories yeah. versus just it's just that know, here's the lesson when you can weave it into somebody's story it can be yeah. very powerful so hopefully hopefully folks get some good tips out of those those yeah. chapters it's a, it's a beautiful book it's a very easy read and you know it i'll put a link to it in the show notes you can get it on your kindle you can find it on amazon it's um really lovely to see you just flying that's that's my yeah i'd just like to hold yeah. that up to you and say and reflect that that you're clearly in a space that's making a huge difference to lots of young people and um and i just love that you've taken that idea because that's what the old mba is all about is taking an idea and saying okay what would it look like to put this out into the world and here you are doing just that so congratulations Thank you. yeah i feel i feel very grateful to be in this place and uh everybody you know everybody will find their way um to the places that give them a lot of joy too so just be Absolutely. patient it took me 30 years <laughs> <laughs> but i think you've had that can-do attitude and that empathy all the way through and i think that's what is yeah it's just absolutely golden and if you can if you can tap into that as a young person yourself the sooner you can do it the more successful you're going to be i'm sure yeah yeah well thank you kat it was so lovely to see you and, and fabulous talking to you stacy this is going to be such a wonderful episode um and thanks for joining me you are welcome i'll do it anytime such a rich conversation and also an amazing example of when you lean into what you're really good at, something that you're passionate about, you create that momentum and look what's happened. She's now uniting forces with the Bailey Group and I know will have huge impact on so many young people. I'm so grateful to Stacey for the work she does. I also loved that wisdom that in 50 years time, no one will remember this. I know it can be so hard to face endless rejections, countless interviews and not, and feel like you're not getting anywhere, but the resilience that you're building is going to stand you in good stead in the long run for sure. I also really loved the insights Stacey shared about not being afraid of taking risks. Sometimes they end up in failure, but that's all part of learning and growing. But our society and sometimes our workplace is not always geared up for that. We want everyone to be perfect and get it right first time, which isn't always possible. You'll find links in the show notes to Stacy's business, as well as to the book that Stacy has been part of, The Conscious Way Forward, and to Lynchpin by Seth Godin, which, as she says, contains a lot of valuable advice for anyone who wants to make themselves invaluable at work. I do hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you as ever for joining me. 
Thank you so much for listening. There are almost a million podcasts out there to choose from, so I really appreciate you for choosing this one and spending your valuable time with me today. If you found it helpful, I would be truly grateful if you would rate and review it as it helps others to find us. And if you haven't already, you can hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to be sure of getting every episode sent to you. You can find all the resources we talk about and more about my guests in the show notes over at collectivewisdom.podbean.com or you can find me on Instagram at collectivewisdompod where I'd love to hear any feedback, suggestions for new guests or comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested to know more about how my coaching can help you, you can find more about that on my website at catpreston.com. Thank you so much for joining me.